here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Rob this week um, because he doesn't like ICW, so he didn't want to be involved in the recording <laughs> of the episode, or, or he was busy, one or the other. Um, so with me today are Ollie, hello, and Mark Anthony um, from the uh, RunningInsiguri.com, where he's a writer and podcaster. Introduce yourself, Mark. Hey, what's going on, guys? <laughs> was was that a, a good enough introduction? For you? <laughs> I guess. I mean, I, I, I don't know what to like really say. Like, oh, hey, I'm Mark Anthony. I write about rest, British wrestling, even though I live in America. Yeah. So. Uh, well, we've we've been talking about this for a uh, a couple of uh, different times on the podcast, where we said that uh, in the past, like uh, American audiences just didn't have an opportunity to watch British wrestling, and that's completely changed. Um. So it's nice to have like proof. <laughs> of that yeah yeah physical uh, proof it's uh, it's amazing like we, like we were talking about like when we were texting it's uh it's crazy that there's so many like be- uh, video on demand services now that i can just i can literally watch all the british wrestling i want like i was telling you i watch more british wrestling than i do like japanese or american wrestling so it's great but yeah from a british perspective that's that's really strange to hear but uh we have also been saying that uh the british scene has improved so much over the past couple of years, that it's not unfeasible that we actually have something worth watching and worth uh, exporting. And it's it's been a long time since that was the case, not since probably the world of sport days. Yeah, it's like I said, it's incredible to be able to watch like progress for a pro. Even like, even not even like in the, like the UK, to watch WXW too and stuff like that. It's, it's pretty great for me. Like, I just, mm. I just love U- European wrestling. Like I said, like technical <laughs> wrestling is my, like, my, uh, my niche. So I just love it. Well, yeah, no, it's really cool. I mean, like uh, the, the choices that are available out there um, in terms of um, like video on demand uh, are just so different, and that you can just get watch wrestling from all over the world. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what what an age we live in. Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> Even though we need we need a few more, you know, like Southside and uh, PCW, you know, we can use some VOD services for them. But hey. I'm sure they'll get round to it, seeing as um, you know more and more uh, companies are going that way. So I mm-hmm. would have thought they'll they'll get on that bandwagon 
sooner or later. Yeah, it's awesome to see uh, the product, as it were, getting exported and being seen by people thousands of miles away, and we can talk about this um, on here. And <laughs> that's something that would be unthinkable to my tiny brain ten years ago. Well, I thought it was uh, it was going to be fairly unthinkable like seven episodes ago. I thought it was just <laughs> going to be us, us sitting in darkened rooms kind of going like, oh, British wrestling is great and nobody would pay attention, but uh, apparently there are people out there who like it. So that's, that's a bonus for us. <laughs> yeah, that's a major bonus. Like, you know, I, I, I love to be able to talk about this stuff that people actually care, so. <laughs> okay, so uh, for this show, we're uh, covering um, the ICW um, show from Glasgow, um, Fear and Loathing 8, uh, which took place, I want to say two weeks ago, but it would depend on when this drops, I guess. <laughs> November the 15th. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's uh, ICW is a promotion. They've been running for nine years, uh, started in 2006. And when they started out, uh, they were very, very small. I mean, running incredibly infrequently and, and, and to not very many fans at all, just uh, less than 100 per show. And from that, into the the past couple of years, they've come up to uh, you know br- cracking the the thousand fan mark, and for this show at the uh, SECC Hall, um, they had a, a sold out attendance of four thousand. Uh, what's going on in Scotland? Uh, the scene is that it's just a super hot scene in Scotland, like for like for ICW. I don't know, like it's it's insane that you think like four thousand, like the the biggest like UK wrestling event in like 31 years, and to think that next year they're gonna be trying for 11,000 is like it's yeah. amazing. The culture of ICW is so like ingrained into Glaswegian culture now, but like it, it's such a bizarre thing to think. But like wrestling is almost mainstream, at least in an area of Scotland. Like it's a bizarre thing. It's a, like an anomalous thing, but like it's a very cool thing as well. It's an actual uh, regional promotion. It, uh, like the locals, the Scottish fans see it as their home promotion. Yeah, they do um, touring, but they generally stay in just one place, which is pretty impressive for like a promotion their size to be that loyal. Even when they tour around England, though, a lot of the, the crowd is still made up of Scottish people who live in other parts of the UK, <laughs> and they go to those shows. You can hear them. So it, it's become almost like a, a cult following not unlike say um uh, ecw was um like 20 years ago yeah that's like the vibe i get from icw is like old school ecw like not like and i hate when I, like i say old school ecw and people think like uh sci-fi ecw i'm like no i'm, <laughs> I'm talking oh, like, Paul Heyman, like everyone like shooting like i'm talking about the malenko versus Eddie guerrero type shit like that kind yeah. of uh, that's where i get I, I feel like it's more more like uh, Attitude Era, like the way like there's so many stables and like I want to say superfluous characters that kind of degrades them a bit, but like characters out non wrestling characters and just a lot of like craziness and promos. It reminds me a lot of like seeing um <laughs> uh, like the oddities come out with like five people for no reason, <laughs> but everyone loving it anyway. 
So a lot of that did come from uh, from ECW with the, the things that Raven was doing with the, uh, with his nest, um, just having kind of crazy extra people in there for yeah, just for his own amusement. Uh, but that's the way that it feels like ECW to me is because it started off very small and it's it's kind of grown but not grown to like the WWE kind of venued size, but it still kept that kind of mad throng and mark dallas is like a, a paul Heyman-esque character mm. yeah i can agree with that so that's that's the feeling that i, that I get when i'm i'm watching when i watched uh, the fear and loathing show is this kind of reminds me of barely legal when they hit pay-per-view and it was like now we've made it to the big time and everyone's still there and the, the crowds I, you always worry when you move up from from like a one thousand five hundred crowd to a four thousand crowd, are you going to keep the same atmosphere? Uh, so I was really interested to see how that worked out. Would it kind of go a bit quiet during the show? But with the exception of like a couple of parts of matches here and there, it really didn't. It was a it was a good atmosphere. So I think that's another bonus for them. They haven't lost that atmosphere in expanding. Yeah, it was it was excellent like 4,000 people just screaming their heads off. And like Every time they would like pan out and show everybody, like it just looked like incredible. Like that view of seeing 4,000 wrestling fans just in the Indian man. <laughs> just a sea of Scotsmen. Yeah. <laughs> um, to give you a, like a, a numbers comparison, the 4,000 that, um, <coughs> excuse me, the 4,000 that they drew is relatively similar to the number that 50 Cent drew at the Hydro. Um, <laughs> that's the same kind of crowd that they were drawing for this show. And when TNA ran uh, the Hydro back in January, um, and this was not just like a, a house show, they, they filmed two episodes of, of Impact, and they drew 1,500. So that shows how <laughs> how big this is. That um, it's not that that Scotland is completely starved of uh, of a professional wrestling product. It's just this has taken over. It might be the one uh, area of the world where uh, the WWE is not, you know, the the the, the main promotion. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like a little regional promotions overtaken them. Yeah, because like, I remember I forgot what show it was. I think it was like one of the. Uh from the UK tour or something like that. And I think WWE was there the same night and they were like, just people were still coming into ICW like as the night came on. And like, well, it's crazy to think like, you know, people are just like choosing ICW over WWE. I mean, I love it. You know, so I'm, I'm, I'm really happy about it because, you know, hey, if you're not happy with WWE, there's a bunch of other things you can watch. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so the show, um, we had uh, two hosts on there. Uh, Billy Kirkwood, uh, Billy fucking Kirkwood, yeah. sorry, <laughs> and uh, and William Grange. Uh, how do you think they did? I I love Billy Kirkwood. He is uh, he's the to me in my opinion because like maybe from my style he's the best commentator in the world because uh, I because <laughs> he's he's funny but then he knows what he's talking about too. It's not like you know like no offense to anybody at PWG like obviously they know what they're talking about but it's not like you know just a purely comedy um, like commentary you know it's, he knows what he's talking about but he just knows how to make it funny too and I, I just love that Grange, he, he makes a really good uh partner for him even though i i think i prefer like for other wrestlers to be his partner like when I, I love when joe coffee and damo are like on 
commentary with Billy Kirkwood. It's great. I think I probably went with um, with Grange because of the all the other guys were booked on the show. Yeah. So they needed somebody who kind of wasn't on the show but still knew what he was talking about. Mm. Uh, it, the great it, thing it, about um, Billy Kirkwood is that it's not only that he's funny, it's not only that he knows what he's talking about, it's, he just has this knack of getting the emotions of the situation involved as well. It's He's got the whole package. But uh, like you're saying, Mark, I think he's the best um, play-by-play man in wrestling right now. I think His enthusiasm that, yeah. is pretty awesome. Like, every, he seems to be excited by everything, which I do like. It can get a bit annoying at times if you're not particularly into it yourself. But, like, when, like, the action is just right and he's, like, going mental, like, that's really good to see. Like, it's almost, like, completely different to the progress commentary, or at least the previous progress commentary from uh, Jim Smallman. Like, he was very subdued and kind of, like, occasionally he, like, went mental. Well, Billy Kirkwood is, like, turned up to 11. And, uh, so, yeah, sometimes it can get a bit uh, on your nerves, but uh, generally it's pretty awesome to, like, have that kind of uh, enthusiasm the whole way through the show. Yeah, and I've got to give a shout out to uh, to William Grange. I've known him for probably ten years, and we've kind of uh, lost touch a bit um, over the past couple of years. And I didn't even know he was doing commentary on the show, but uh, he did a really bang up job there. Um, it the like ex wrestler. Well, I say ex. I think he still works a bit, but. Um, like that ex-wrestler analysis that he was bringing. Uh, it was really solid. And then later into the show, when he kind of got a bit more comfortable, some of the stuff that he was uh, was doing was funny as well. So uh, I think he kind of nailed that uh, that spot down. Yeah, yeah, they work, they work great together. Like, uh, I, if, if they were just the shoes, like you said, oh, we need a regular team. I think Reigns is the guy that fits, you know? Oh, certainly. Um. So the, the show opened with the, quite a long uh, talking spot, which is, I mean, like you were saying, uh, Ollie, it's kind of reminiscent of of the Attitude Era, and they are doing sports entertainment a lot more than than any other UK promotion. Even Progress tend to stick more to in-ring. Uh, so to have that opening uh, conversation bit, uh, like with Mick Foley and, and uh, Red Lightning, um, how brave was that? Uh, I think uh, I think this is this is normal for ICW, so I think it's not uh, it's not really that much of a risk, like because you know it's like they they know like it's it's more fans than usual, but they know like this what the things that are gonna happen, and uh, I guess you know to kick to kick off the show with the announcement of like they're doing the Hydro next year. I think, <laughs> I think that's that's just a, a bang up way to do it. Like that's, that's the way to start off the show. Get yeah, everyone. I got, like, the crowd really like psyched up straight from the. The, yeah. the stars like this is not a promotion that's that has reached a pinnacle here this is still going yeah this is just the first step into a, a bigger world it's like starting a football game with a celebration immediately yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah perfect exactly like they know they know they're gonna win they just think about Super Bowl. like this is exactly mm. what it is <laughs> um so uh, the card started off with um, Stevie Boy against Davy Boy, um, a bit of a, a blood feud match to start off. Yeah, um, it's been a, it's been a few months that Davy Boy's been waiting to get on Stevie Boy. You know, uh, ever since he turned on him 
to join the NAK, which I think that's like the, one of the best things that ever happened to Stevie Boy because like he, the way he changed and all that stuff now, I think he, it's better fit for him rather than like the Bucky he's, Boy. He's got such a sleazy personality now. Just mm-hmm. just looking at him, he just looks. <laughs> he has a he has a fantastic look. Like yeah, just he pops off the page immediately again. Like sort of a. Uh... ECW type, just the yeah, <laughs> the scum basically. Yeah, he's like one of those guys who look at him like, oh, like, <laughs> I mean, I mean that in a nice way of yeah, calling of him scum. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to upset anyone else. Um, how, how do you think the match went? Um, I kind of, it seemed like it kind of lost its way a little bit um, about halfway through. Um, I'm told by someone who is in attendance that. Um, uh, Stevie uh, might possibly have picked up a concussion or something, and that he was he was actually being physically sick during the match. That didn't actually make it onto the on demand; it got kind of clipped out. But um, did you do you feel that in any way that the match kind of lost its uh, rhythm? Uh, my thing with this match was like uh, that I didn't like get the feeling. I said it before, and like, like I said, nothing negative towards Davy or nothing like that because I love Davy Boy, but like. I got this. I didn't get the feeling that Davy was waiting like so long to get his hands on Stevie. Like I didn't, I didn't get that feeling like animosity or nothing like that. But like it was a good match. Like I really liked it for the opener. So like it's not like something super negative on it. But I just didn't get that like, like man, he's gonna kill him kind of feeling. Like you know what I'm saying? Yeah, he didn't really get the the anger. Mm. Across. I mean, if he's been waiting for this long, is he not like really annoyed? <laughs> at yeah, least exactly. it, he didn't seem that angry to me. Although he did kind of um, uh, jump Stevie on the ramp. Yeah, like that was the, the one start. Thing. So there was. Like, it's I, like it started really hot, and then it just kind of didn't grow from there. Yeah, like it just seemed like a like a, it seems to me like a, it's a, a really good opening match rather than a like a blood you grudge match. Yeah, I mean, they've been a tag team for, uh, what, four or five years? Yeah. So you'd, you'd think that there would be more resentment for, for what he'd done. I mean, it's, it would be like having your brother turn his back. Um, but then sometimes that happens with, with tag teams. They don't really... Maybe they get along so well that they didn't want to have that match. Yeah, who knows? I hope, like, um, what I'm hoping is like maybe they'll get like another match or like you know a, a couple more like just do a program mm-hmm. and like then like it'll just get there like hopefully where it was on the card it didn't really allow them to go like that crazy with the blood feud stuff like you have to have like a solid opening match to get into it if it was positioned later then maybe they could have been more featured but as it was it was just kind of all right but didn't really have a chance to succeed yeah, it kind of it, the way that it, it worked, it kind of felt like a hot opener. They did a lot of big, like high spots yeah. in there. Um, whereas the, the kind of match they they probably should have been telling was something more violent, and it probably wasn't the best place on the card for it. But the crowd responded to everything, so you know, I guess that's a win. Yeah, exactly. They responded amazingly, especially when uh, Davey got the win. Like it, that was amazing just to hear like those four. Four thousand fans just chanting, "Here we go!" Like it was, that was. Crazy. You can't beat four thousand drunk Scotsmen. Yeah, you really <laughs> can't. crowd reactions. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was that was the opener. Um, uh, a little bit of vomit, a um, little bit of a blood feud. Wouldn't and, be a uh, night out in Glasgow. <laughs> no, no, 
Thought I'd had a bit of blood and vomit. <laughs> um, also, some absolutely gratuitous swearing. Uh, we've been told we're not supposed to use certain words. Um, so I can't say what um, uh, Davy Boy was described as when he referred to himself as Mr. SECC, but it, it's more profane than anything I ever heard on ECW. <laughs> so, um, magic. Great, great opening stuff. Um, the second match. Uh, it was Joe Hendry, Kenny Williams, uh, Noam Dar against Doug Williams, Lionheart, and Liam Thompson. Six-man tag. Uh, your thoughts on this one, gents? Uh, the entrances. <laughs> the entrances. <laughs> oh, so much fun. Yeah. Well, I thought Kenny Williams couldn't possibly be outdone when he arrived from 1885. But... Um, <laughs> Uh, Joe Hendry's Hendry Ball and the song that he'd written specifically for the show. Uh, brilliant stuff. Absolutely top draw yeah. character work. I've watched it back about 20 times. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, like Every Joe Hendry entrance is excellent, and I always end up watching them just a million times. <laughs> because, like, I love Joe Hendry. Like, this dude is an absolute star. Like I don't, I don't see how people can't see that. Like, like, he's a star. Charisma for miles. No, no doubt about that. I mean, he doesn't even do that much in the ring. Really, <laughs> but uh, the the stuff that he does with with singing alone is is just pure gold. I don't know if uh, either of you saw the like the UK tour stuff, uh, like leading into Fear and Loathing. Uh, I... The show uh, I saw part of the show in London, and he sang uh, a song about Charles Samuels. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know the one I mean. Yeah. Uh, um, that's that kind of um, that kind of uh, mic work is just brilliant. It's like you cannot buy that level of of superstardom, and I, I worry that Vince will see him and just go, "This guy's great," and he'll be gone. Well, he's had a few tryouts already, so yeah. Well, there's, there are a few uh, names coming up on this card where we think they might be disappearing off to stateside. So, um, yeah, I'm going to be stealing yeah. from your guys and leave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah I mean, all, all three of Dar, Kenny, and Joe could become big stars really anywhere. Like, yeah. they're all very young, but the sky's the limit. Yeah, all three of them are just excellent. Like, Dar is only 22, which is uh, it's scary to to think that he's this young and this good. Like, I don't get how the hell that is, like, possible. <laughs> I think he started wrestling when he was about three. Because um, <laughs> he's been around forever, so... <laughs> well, yeah, like... I, I seem to remember re- seeing him wrestle in around 2009, so I'm trying to think how old he would have been. It would have been, like, 16. Um, so he's been working pretty... Um, he must have had a, a lot more matches than, than any other 22-year-old you could name. Oh, absolutely. Like, it, it's, it's just crazy to think that, though. Like, he's 22 years old, and this kid is amazing. He's better <laughs> than, like, a, like a bunch of vets. And, like, that's what I always say about, like, the UK. Like, there's... But at the age of, like, 23, you're already a vet because you've been wrestling since you are like, 14 over there. Like, which is insane to me. I love it. There's that weird training thing. I've, I've seen a couple of... Um like rookie matches and I'm thinking that guy's really young, like like really really young 
and it turns out they're like 13, 14 years old. They really don't seem to have the same um, mentality towards wrestling that the Americans have, where it's like you can't have a minor in there because if anything happens, it's a lawsuit. It's just like, ah, fuck it. <laughs> I'll just let them do it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, uh, long may it continue. Um, th- this match was quite shenanigans heavy. We had, we had a, a lot of fun with the entrances, but then we also had, uh, well, like three run-ins, I think. Um, two. Oh, three. Yeah, if you count Tim Wiley, three. Uh, <laughs> what, Jimmy Havoc kind of appeared in the middle there, which is a bit odd. Bizarre, to say the least. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was I think they were... There was definitely too much going on in this match. I think we can all agree. Like with the three separate run-ins, kind of devaluing all of them. And well, I thought with the, with the talent that they had, they probably could have had a, a pretty good match. Um, but it did feel like you know it started off quite well, and then it was just like okay, now we're waiting for the first lot of interference. And the, the thing with Havoc was, I, it, it was like they booked him to come down when everyone was down, so you weren't quite sure who he was going to help out. And yet that also kind of devalued him saving the faces because the faces didn't really need saving that much because everyone was down. Yeah, it was, it was weird. Um, I, I remember correctly Havoc came back, like, I don't know, about a month ago in ICW. Like, I think he was, like, he, I think he teamed up with, like, Tommy Ann and then he turned. I don't know if, like, the 55 was trying to recruit him and that's why they, like, made this, like, a thing. I, I don't... Well, they've been on, like, a recruitment drive, haven't they? Yeah. Uh, Fifty-five. Like, the, like a million Doug's guys in the fifty-five. <laughs> it seems a bit odd because Doug was in that match, and like the rest, there's like no other guys anywhere near it. Yeah, yeah. That, um, to me, like Doug was like the best part of this match. Like watching all three of like Dar, Hendry, and Williams go against like Doug was like my favorite part of the match because uh, who doesn't love Doug Williams? Ah, crazy people. <laughs> yeah. It's like a measuring stick. If you don't like Doug Williams, there's something wrong with you. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. We, we, we can't be friends. Yeah, that, that's a that's a thing. Like, what, Doug Williams, uh, Joe Hendry. There's, you know, if you, if you don't like these guys, like, I don't know. There's, there's obviously something wrong with your head because <laughs> they're amazing. So, yeah. I, I, I like this match. Like, yeah, like you said, like, there was a the run-in for just a bit, like, much. Like, I know uh, Carmel came in after... Jimmy, right? Uh, yes, yeah. I think so. She came in at the end of the match. She was in at the end, and the Scott squad turned up. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, for anyone who doesn't know that, that's kind of like a like a BBC Scottish version of Reno nine eleven. I guess would be the uh, the the comparison. And Grado's in it. Yeah, perfect comparison. Because I, I said it the other day on Twitter, I was like, ah. There's a there's a few podcasts like I, and people like they try to explain what Scott Squad is to like Americans. I mean, all you have to say is it's a, it's a Scottish Reno nine one one. That's it. So that's the perfect comparison. Uh, are you guys familiar with Team Tremendous over here in America? Um, no, I, I, you know what? I it sounds very familiar. Like I've heard it said before, but I no <laughs> oh, they, they have like a cop gimmick too and they're like hilarious they're, they're amazing wrestlers too so like, I would love for them to come to ICW and, like, to have oh, like, Scott Squad with Team Tremendous yeah yeah <laughs> that would 
that would be excellent. Yeah, Team Tremendous are tremendous. I will say that. Yes, they are. They're amazing. I would love for them to come to ICW or even anywhere in, in the UK. Oh. Yeah, come over. <laughs> Progress open challenge. Oh God, Team Tremendous, <laughs> Sumerian Death Squad. <laughs> that would be interesting. <laughs> Um, so yeah, and finally, uh, we had Carmel Jacob um, uh, assaulting her former fiance uh, Liam Thompson um, to set up some sort of angle down the line, presumably. Yeah, this is the stuff that loses me with ICW, um, uh, with just like the crazy soap opera stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, at uh, Barmania a few months back. Karma lost a loser leaves ICW. I, I was going to say, I'm sure she lost a, a loser leaves town match. Yeah, she lost to Layla this Rose. This year. She lost that match to Layla Rose, which uh, Layla Rose was incredible too. So yeah, she lost that match, and then after that, Liam had like turned on her. And, like, hit, that's why she hit him with a chair here, because he hit her with a chair after she lost that match. So like, it's like a little bit of storytelling here. I, I saw about half that show. I didn't actually watch that match. I'll have to go back and check that out. Yeah, it was good. I liked it. It was like, it was like my introduction to both of them, so I, I really liked it. Um, well, talking about uh, the ladies, because uh, they're involved in the next match uh, for the the new um, women's title, um, and we had Nikki Storm against Kaylee Ray against Viper, uh, who actually didn't qualify for the the final of the tournament but uh was added in by mick foley um did you enjoy that match yeah i liked it uh i'm a i'm a huge fan of nikki storm and and kaylee ray too i just got introduced to viper about like i'd say about two months ago maybe and uh i'm i'm a fan of her she's a she has she has some way to go, but you know she's she's trained by uh, Damo Mikey Whiplash, so I, I have no doubt that mm. she will be great. Mm. Yeah, well, looking at the three, I'd have said Viper is quite a way below the other two in terms of um, like how smooth she is in the ring. Um, I I would think that'd come though. I mean, she's she's got a, a good approach to wrestling. Um, she's got a lot of size. And she kind of knows how to use it, so that that's a bonus. But um, I get the feeling she's probably had the belt put on her here because they're not sure what's going to happen to the other two. Uh, Kaylee mm. Ray has already worked for NXT at once, and might possibly be going there permanently. And Nikki Storm's had a tryout, so might be going there as well, which is a pity. But um, you know. The, ICW's loss will be NXT's gain. Yeah. Um, Nikki Storm and Kaylee Ray are fantastic. Like, yeah. they're definitely the best female wrestlers in the UK right now. Or it, if it's they... a shame they didn't have the chance to go one on one and, you know, really tear the house down. But they did make Viper look really, really good. Like, just bumping around and, like, Kaylee Ray yeah. obviously has a lot of Kaylee practice Ray took selling. Huge spots in there. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> Yeah, this is this is good to me. Like, I like I liked it. I like um like I said like I, Viper she's she's improving slowly, and I like I like that I'm seeing it. And to you know yeah they 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 probably did throw the title on her because they don't know what's going on with Kaylee and stuff like that. Because I really do think Kaylee's coming because she's doing they the rumor is so. that she's coming in January, and now she's working a loser leaves Southside match on December twenty seventh. So like it all just makes sense. 
Yeah. Um, I don't know if that, that one match that she's already had, whether, whether that would be considered a tryout, but um, I, I certainly think she's good enough to, to be in NXT. And that's saying something. You've got like a, a lot of real quality uh, women wrestlers there already, and I think she fit right in. Yeah, and she's really young as well. She's yeah, only about 23 or something. Crazy, and then, and then Nikki Storm is she's a like like Joe Henry. She's a superstar. She has amazing charisma. Like she's just great mm. in the ring. Like she has everything. Everything. It's a shame they're both going, but uh, well, probably <laughs> we, don't, we don't really know. Hey, I mean, I'll we'll, be have, we'll have to wait and see on that. Um. So next up, we had uh, Joe Coffey against Rhino. Uh, a real kind of hoss match, two big power guys. Mm. Coffee looked fantastic here, and Rhino really made did. him look even better. Like, Coffee is, I think, the guy ICW will probably be building around as they get even bigger. He's, like, properly marketable as, like, if they ever get, like, a TV deal or something, he's the guy they'd want to, like, put the front and center on the board. Obviously, Grado, but... Um, like, he's the guy that they would really want to push and show off to people because he's so impressive. Like, the size, the gimmick, the it charisma. It kind of reminds me of, like, a, a big Taz. <laughs> I can see that. If, if we're keeping the ECW yeah. references going, that's... So he's the guy where I could see him kind of just kind of running through the the, the company and being the, the figurehead. Yeah, like Joe, he's an absolute beast. beast. Like he's a <laughs> he's a monster, and like he and again he has like he has the passion and the charisma and the in ring skill. He's it's just, like I think just full of people you can just say like oh this this is a superstar like already like and it's it's that's amazing. Like Joe Coffey is like like I said he's a he's a wrestler. He's a mighty wrestler. So yeah, the the, the way that they come across on. Uh, on TV, I mean, it's not TV; it's on demand. But um, the the kind of presence that these guys have, it's like they're being sculptured from the ground up into sports entertainers, rather than just wrestlers. They're going for the whole the whole hog, mm. and it's kind of like it kind of is the same as what's happening in NXT. Only they're really pushing the storylines, and they're really trying to get people into the storylines. The ICW wrestlers seem to be the best in Britain at um, presenting themselves, I, it's, for lack of a better term. Like, maybe in other places you can have really good wrestlers, but they're less good at crowd interaction or selling themselves as a product. I feel like ICW really have... They've whipped these guys into shape into really presenting themselves as something unique and pushing gimmicks really hard. I'm glad you said unique because that is exactly how I feel about ICW. Is it's just this company and there isn't another one like it. Yeah. Um. So if you want to see these wrestlers, if you want to see them interact, this is the place to do it. Yeah. It's like I know you can see guys like uh, Drew Galloway, Damo, um, and, and so on, just like Shah Samuels and that in other promotions, but you won't see them like this. Yeah, yeah. I always say like there's certain promotions where certain wrestlers to shine more and I feel like ICW is like one of those promotions where like not just one wrestler like like all of the wrestlers just look way better when they're in ICW for some reason yeah they seem to be pretty good at, at uh, picking the right people to, to be there in the first place because um, I mean Joe I 
think was trained in uh, SWA, so he's kind of like another local boy up there. But um, when they bring people in from further afield, it seems like they pick people who are perfect foils for guys they've already got, um, which is what Rhino was here. I mean, he is... He's kind of the really expensive imported jobber, yeah, because <laughs> uh, he never wins. But um, he, his presence and the history that he's got, um, it helps establish the guys that they do have there in ICW as genuine stars. It, it helps their credibility to be even in the ring with a guy like Rhino, and for him to be putting them over and strong like this um, says a lot. Yeah, and it's crazy. Like, uh, like I said, like this is like other than the main event, you know, the story and everything like that. But like when it comes to wrestling, this was the match of the night for me. And like I, I said on another podcast, like can you imagine if like six months ago I would have told you like, hey, Rhino was gonna have the match of the night at <laughs> the biggest UK wrestling event in thirty years? Like you know what I'm saying? You probably like, oh, you're, you're an idiot. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rhino's had a bit of a career resurgence thanks to his NXT run, and like you say, he's basically a jobber to the stars in that he loses to everyone, but, like, he makes them look good, and he still is credible afterwards, like, he has such a, like, an established role in wrestling, but he can lose to anyone. He's pretty much job Make him look legit. Yeah, 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 pretty much. He's kind of like, like, the indie version of Chris Jericho, like, how Chris Jericho is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I, I agree, um, with Mark, I thought that was a really strong match. Um, to that point, I had it as a match of the night. Um, obviously, later on, we've got something a, a little bit more special, I think. But um, yeah, for for um, it's a real slobber knocker. I, I like two two big strong guys just kind of beating each other up. Yeah, that's the and best. I like <laughs> I thought the endings, the ending portion as well, when they're hitting each other's finishes and like. <laughs> That put over Joe really strong in that, like, he was able to kick out of the gore and then deliver one himself. And, like, Rhino didn't look bad because he still fought for it all, but in the end, Joe was just stronger and better on the day. I really like that. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, good show. Because that that would have been, like, the pre-intermission match if they had an intermission, (laughs) but they didn't. So, um... The match after that was um, the tag title match. So it was Polo Promotions, uh, Joe's brother Mark, and Jackie Polo against the 55, which was uh, Kid Fight and Shaw Samuels. Uh, Do you like that one, Ollie? Uh, I thought this match was just kind of uh, a bit of a come down from the previous one. Um, I don't really get Polo Promotions. <laughs> That'll probably um, alienate me with the ICW fans, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it was a match, and most of the match took place outside the ring or from people not involved. So I don't really have any particularly strong thoughts. I, I thought it was a little strange that they had. Um, I mean, the fifty-five gunning for the for the tag titles. They didn't really make that much of an effort. Um, they had uh, Tim Wiley out there. Um, but there are other guys in in the fifty five. I mean, Doug Williams was at the show. Um, did they not want to bring him out and you know try to tip the odds in their favor? It seemed a bit strange. Yeah, it was weird. I don't know. Uh, but this, yeah, like I don't know. I didn't find this to be like a like a regular like championship match. I, I liked it because uh, I I love polo promotions. Like I 
I get it. I get that. Like they're supposed to be like a football club and all this stuff. And like Mark, Mark's the power forward, and Jackie is like the guy. It's, it, I love it. I love Jackie Polo. He's another guy that I think is like a superstar. Uh, he he reminds me of like I'm, I don't know. Someone's probably gonna slap me for saying this, but he reminds me of Mr. Perfect. Like when I see him in the ring for some reason. <laughs> he reminds me of a Scottish Mr. Perfect. Yes, I he's, love he's it. He's got that uh, that cut Henny hair, but he he also has um. Uh, Raven's face, uh, which I'm wondering if he's um, named himself Polo after Johnny Polo. I believe so, but I, I'm not gonna. I, I'm not sure because uh, he's also got a name that's that's far too similar to Jackie Palo to be a coincidence. Um, so I don't know whether it's like part that or part like he's kind of seen that he looks a bit like Johnny Polo and he's kind of used that as a name. I don't know. I'd have to ask him. Yeah, I'd have to ask him. I would love to interview Jackie Polo. Um, he did uh, some tremendous work with scoop slams in this match. Yeah, oh, that was fun. <laughs> Anyone who can get over a scoop slam, they're, they're well with their character. Yeah, it's like the most boring move in wrestling, but he's made it into something pretty crazy. So that is a lesson to... Um, to anyone who's just starting out in the business, it's not what moves you do, it's how you do them. Um, I mean, the Rock's finisher was a, an elbow drop, for God's sake. It's it's, it's all about the how you present the move. And, uh, you know, getting a scoop slam over, top work, so... Yeah, excellent. Uh, something I never thought I would see, like, in this day and age, honestly. <laughs> the only other person who I, stuff works. who I know uses a scoop slam... Uh, on a regular basis is um, uh, names completely gone. Uh, old guy, old Japan. Come on, uh, oh, this is going to annoy me. I'll, I'll just get Rob to edit this out. It'll pop. In, it'll pop in your head. <laughs> really, like feeble, um, feeble-looking old dude. Um, and it, like all he can do now is scoop slams because he's so old. I don't know. I don't watch a lot of Japan. <laughs> uh, a lot of fee- feeble-looking old dudes in old Japan, <laughs> from what I've seen of it. Uh, well, he's been a feeble-looking old guy for about fifteen years. I, geez, <laughs> literally, my mind has just gone completely blank. It's like I can see him in my head, and yeah, I, yeah, I've totally ruined this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna pop right back in there in a minute. I'll just yell his name out and uh, confuse everyone. Um, so moving on. Um, the next matchup was a the cage match, oh, fuck. the uh, the big six man cage match, uh, Legion against uh, the New Age Click. Um, this one's been like a, a year in the making, and how we said about the first match, not really having that that blood feud feel about it. This one, oh yeah, this one, this one <laughs> definitely nailed that. This was blood feud, the definition of a blood feud. It was oh my god, it was war. It was wonderful. I love the, the Legion's entrance. That was oh, so yeah, special. Yeah, yeah it's a great entrance from from Legion. It, um, it's that kind of the thing where they drop the lights down and have the, the um, I don't want to call them druids, but it was a slight like Undertakerish yeah vibe to it as as they were coming out. It really kind of set the tone of like oh something's happening here. It's a uh, shit's going to go down. Uh, yeah, like uh, I love I love Legion's gimmick because like there's no one else really doing it like this whole like uh, 
Illuminati, uh, devil worshiping stuff. Like no one else is really doing that, and I like it because they like they perfect it. Like it's it's really good because, like I said, it's different and different is always good. Well, the Sumerian Death Squad are they're pretty much badasses wherever they go, but no one else has thought to book them like this. And everywhere I've seen Tommy End, he's just been like, he's a really tough guy who kicks you in the head. But look at what ICW have taken from that and just gone, well, he's that, but he can also be this. And he is another like ex- extension yeah, of the character. One thing I always say, uh, Tommy does not get enough credit for his mic work like and his promos. Like if, I think people need to go on YouTube, search Sumerian Death Squad, and look at these promos that they've been doing, like, in the past years, like they're they're excellent, and like some people don't even know that they exist. Yeah, I think Tommy kind of gets a, a little bit more praise than than Michael Dante does. I mean, Michael Dante is a, a very solid big guy. He's he's very good at what he does. Oh, yeah. One of the current kings of horse. I think we put him over before. Oh yeah, he's a horse, <laughs> no doubt about that. Um, the only thing I didn't like about this match, I mean, it it really had. A great atmosphere to it, and the whole thing kind of felt like a like a war games kind of match. Mm. Um, the only thing I didn't like is right at the end uh, when they had the two guys uh, climbed over the top, which was Mikey Whiplash and BT Gun. They're kind of hanging off the top of the cage, and the other guys are like building tables underneath them. It kind of felt like it wasn't very organic. Like they, no, they, didn't... they were building a spot, definitely. Yeah, and that just just took away from it a little bit when the match was reaching a like its crescendo, and everyone just had to kind of wait around for them to build some tables. That's, gonna, that's the the main criticism I had. I'm going to throw in my hot take, but I hate cage matches because it's having a match designed around. You winning by running away from your opponent is something that I don't like. I, the cage matches should be you're contained in the cage. There's no way out. I I don't un- really understand how or why wrestling evolved rules into you have to le- flee the cage, run away from your opponent, and of course years of WWE running the gimmick into the ground haven't helped with that. Um, I thought they were very creative with the way they used those rules, like with Legion throwing. Wolfgang out after yeah. he... I love that. I didn't like that the whole match was kind of just built around like the logic or lack of, of people leaving or not leaving the cage. And like getting getting people out of the match. I don't, I don't really understand like why that was like something to build the match around. Like, yay, End and Dante aren't going to be in the match anymore. <laughs> that's not really something I can get behind because I want to see them like kick someone's head off and them leaving the cage which is <laughs> a bit disappointing I would have much preferred it like a roof on the cage all three all six guys are just gonna die basically I'm, I'm the... but uh, when they uh, I'm, the, Sorry, Mark, I'm, I'm kind of the opposite I don't I like cage matches but I don't like cage matches where you have to get a pin to win I think it's, I don't know, maybe it's because WWE ran that <laughs> in my brain, like you said, like, I think, like, escaping the cage is, yeah. like, the thing. Like, I've just seen too many little kids in sheet masks <laughs> and That's all that true. stuff to like people, like, I don't know, like, I, I'm glad that they didn't leave through the door much in this one. They threw Wolfgang out the door, but 
Other than that, the door stayed locked. I hate the door on the cage. The little <laughs> hate it with a passion. Like I said, I'm like, I said, I'm the like, I like that. Uh, I think the storytelling was excellent with the whole like throwing out Wolfgang and all that stuff. And like, you know, even though yeah. you like, yeah, there was when these guys got eliminated and stuff, like, yeah, they were out of the match, but still they were like beating the shit out of Wolfgang outside. So like, yeah, that's true. They kept them in involved, yeah, which I liked. I, I was that, especially fond yeah. of the of the finish uh, when it, it came down to just the two guys and they couldn't quite decide who'd fallen onto the floor first. It was a case of like, okay, we are actually just going to finish this with a, a, a straight-up fight. They're just going to fight. Um, that could have gone on longer for me. Uh, I don't know. That, that one-on-one. I think, I think that was like kind of perfect because like, you know, these guys just like, took this huge bump off of that cage and they just went through war and stuff mm. like that. You know, I think uh, that short amount of time yeah. kind of worked for it because, like, for some people were saying, like, oh, this should have went, like, ten minutes. Like, get the hell out of here. It was like, you just went through a cage, man. Yeah, it was, a, it was a kill shot. It wasn't meant to be, like, a final showdown. Whiplash was already, like, dead and Gun just needed to kick him in the head one more time, keep him down for good. I, I like that. It was good imagery. Yeah, so the ending was. It was just the the bits setting it up didn't. Yeah, it took it took way too long to set it up, and I, yeah, it. I'll tell you what it reminded me of. Um, you know what total wipeout is in America? I think they could just yes. call it wipeout. I'm not sure. Um, they tried to like do like a second total wipeout. Um, called a hundred ways to leave a game show or something, and it was basically based around. Like the contestants getting a question wrong, and then they like fall off a massive scaffold into a bit of water. But it takes like ten minutes for them to fall off, and it was just like a little fall for like five seconds, and then like their harness comes in, and they just kind of dangle into the water. And it was just a bit disappointing to, for like all that build up just for. I mean, it was a very cool bump to see them fall through the table, and that was brutal. I went, I literally winced when I saw them go through those tables because it did not look pretty but it just felt like such a long build up for one bump mm, you could have used that time a lot better especially with like the guys involved Masafuchi Masafuchi <laughs> 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 oh, my brain just kicked back into gear there we go <laughs> um, yeah sorry about that okay um so with, with the the blood feud cage match out of the way, uh, we moved on to Big Damo against Jack Jester. Um, how'd you enjoy that one? It was short, but I liked it a lot. It was a nice short hot battle, like you know, to, to be in between of like such a, a big war of a cage match and like such a huge main event. Like this was kind of perfect for what it was. I really like that um, Jack Jester kind of came into that match a little bit cocky, thinking, you know, I, I, I can take this guy. He's not such a such a big shot. Only to discover that nothing he did could make any difference. Uh, like he could punch Damo, nothing. And he had to resort to using like a chair for everything just because it's the only thing that would that would actually make any kind of an impact. I thought that was a good storytelling from from them. It it really had no chance to like be a great match considering where it was placed. It was in the death slot kind of thing. 
I know Jack Jester is like one of ICW's biggest stars, so that's why they put him here and not earlier in the show. But yeah, it, it kind of fell flat after like the like big emotional cage match and then the huge main event. It just it there was nothing there to like hook me in, and it was just a match kind of. Yeah, I thought they could have put the tag title match in here. Yeah, that would have been that would have been better. I would have given Damo and uh, Jester more of a chance, but I, I still liked it. I thought it was a good match. They told a good, uh, logical, coherent storyline, mm-hmm. and that the finish yeah, made yeah. sense. Damo's another guy. I hope to be stealing from you guys soon. No, <laughs> <laughs> I think Damo is more likely to head over to Japan. He's um, he's been getting interest from over yeah. there. You know, facing Nakamura, Ishii, Tana. Uh, yeah, he looked excellent in all of those matches. But you know, I, I know like the last oh, yeah. WWE tryouts. I know he was there, so you know, hopefully. Yeah, he did. He did have a tryout match. Yeah, we'll see. You know, uh, either way, I'll yeah. be happy because yeah, demo anywhere. He's yeah, in he, demand. He's a, he's <laughs> yeah, hot property. Anywhere he goes, he's gonna be doing well because like he's so big and like so impressive with the moves he can hit. Like yeah, and I'm so happy that he's getting like all these opportunities. Like you know, because. I know before he had to take like a, a a year or two off or something like that because you know he had to run SWA and stuff like that. So you know it's well deserved that he gets now he's getting all these shots at like big names and all that stuff. So yeah, you know, shout out to Damo. I do like the thing I like most about Damo is the the sheer range of personalities that he can bring. I mean, he kind of has he can do something a little bit lighthearted. He can be super super serious, but. He's also got like an emotional uh, fragility in there as well. He's got all that in his locker. Uh, you couldn't ask for more. I mean, he could end up being like, uh, like a, at a level where Mick Foley was, where that's he has all that kind of um, personality, but he's also very strong in the ring. Yeah, Demo just has like. Uh, I feel like I've just been saying this like this whole this whole podcast. Like he has every he has everything. <laughs> this guy's <Yeah>. great. <laughs> he has everything. Well, both these guys have like huge yeah. charisma. And um, again, ICW and being able to present their guys like as special and unique and something that no one like no one else on the scene in the UK or in the world can be like. And they both work their gimmicks really strongly. I know Jack Jester like really got his character or like his human character shall we say over really well on insane fight club i don't know if either of you guys have seen love insane it. fight club i didn't see it, I love it. It's so good. oh yeah <laughs> i i know there was a fun fun story like from when they were first gonna air it and it was originally only supposed to go out in scotland and because the bbc thought it was too regional in their words and like we like, the English got it, like, a few months afterward, but I watched it on iPlayer when they had it up anyway. So, that's just a little... I, I, I enjoy the two regional <laughs> phrase. Yeah, I, I watched it, I think I, I think I saw it Daily Motion, because you know, I, I, I can't watch it on the BBC iPlayer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we don't get Hulu either, so... That show was, like, my first introduction to ICW, just, like, seeing what they were all about and like <laughs> if you can get two hours on the bbc to showcase your product then you're doing pretty well yeah, i think my introduction was uh the british wrestler documentary with grado uh, so, i don't think i've seen that no. it's, it's, i think it's on like youtube with daily motion like 
it's it's really good. Okay, let's have to Check go on the watch. <laughs> this this is the problem with there being so much wrestling is there's just not enough. Yeah, time. yeah. I always try to get in like a lot of documentaries because like I'm I don't know like I'm, I'm nerd. I just like to watch that kind of stuff. So like I I just watch up to yeah. like wrestling documentaries in between wrestling and stuff like that. Like, yeah, I don't have a life. <laughs> I think I might just have to retire because I just don't have time to watch all the stuff that I'm subscribed to. So let, let alone the stuff that I'm not. So uh, yeah, just not enough hours in the day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it really is. Like, and I don't even sleep like that. So like, just as, like I just ha- don't have time for everything and even without sleep, it sucks. So. Um, okay, uh, one match left. It was the the ICW World title match between Drew Galloway and the challenger, Grado. Uh, They've been building this one up for a while. Yeah. And, yeah, it it really paid off. It's been about, uh, it's been months, ever since uh, Grado had that one title shot against Drew, which uh, I think that's on YouTube. If nobody has seen it, you can definitely just search Grado versus Drew Galloway, and the ICW match will come up. And that was great. And I do think that, like, Mark, like, they they found like they was like wow we can have something here and they they picked it up and they did like this was excellent I think Grado gets a lot of flack because he's comedy and stuff like that I think that a lot of that is kind of TNA's fault I don't know maybe I'm being a dick about it no no yeah, fuck yeah, TNA exactly <laughs> like I always say I feel like TNA just like threw Grado out there like hey this is Grado he danced to Madonna like him like no like you got we we didn't get any backstory or nothing like that's why ICW is so much better at like things like no, they've done really well building Grado up. Like, obviously, he's never gonna be like a legitimate wrestler, I guess. I mean, well, I say that he's not like a work rate guy, but obviously, he's like fantastic at the emotion of it. And um, but they've done a really good job building him naturally, I guess, from comedy guy to a guy that they can actually have as a world champion and like represent the brand. Like, he's so famous <laughs> for a wrestler. I mean, like. I think even my mother knows who Grado is, or at least like has said the word Grado and like seen his picture in the Radio Times and looked at me and been like, "Oh, are you gonna watch this?" And got Grado on it. <laughs> yeah, my mother loves Grado because because uh, because of my dad. Like you know, so she just loves the fact that there's a there's a wrestler that comes yeah. out to this song and dances and stuff like that. And, you know, it's it's funny that like such a simple thing can catch like anybody and suck anybody in. And, like, in Scotland, he is, like, a proper star. He's on, like, TV show, as we said before. And, yeah, <laughs> he's such, like, a poster boy. And people really do get behind him. And some people hate him. But generally, he's very, very popular wherever he goes. It's a it's a shame the entrance wasn't um, oh, God. able to be left intact. <laughs> that was a uh, crime. On the crime. demand. Yeah, shh. I'll take it down. Um, <laughs> Donna can be a bit of a dick about that, apparently. <laughs> um, she's not in favour of uh, wrestlers using her music. And you know what, but, man? Um, I, I hate that Madonna didn't let Grado do it. Because you know what? Grado makes people, more people sing Madonna than Madonna makes people sing Madonna. So, like, I don't know what's the problem here. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's a little too lowbrow for her, possibly. I don't know. But, um, yeah. But the having, uh, if you, you watch it, with the music, 
like his. I mean, his entrance is fun anyway, but you watch it with the music, and it's just you got yeah. four thousand Scottish people singing uh, like a prayer. I mean, it was like wow. The reaction was like John Cena at a house show, a WWE house show, with like generally like families and kids being the target audience. It was like that. It was just love from like four thousand people. And like the reaction, they gave a good reaction to a lot of guys tonight, but like the reaction to Grado was just on another level. Yeah. Yeah, they, he's such a great baby face, though. I mean, there's, I mean, it's like the only thing you could possibly hate about Grado is that he's not that serious. But since when is that a reason to hate someone? It's, it's just, he's exactly. fun. Like, he's fun to watch. And so, and when he needs to get serious, he can get serious. Cause you know what? I, I, I'll go on record right now and I'll say that one of my favorite promos this year was, when Grado demanded his title shot against Drew. Yeah. So, like, that was... Yeah, I remember that saying excellent. that. So, I don't know like, how anybody, oh, he's not serious. He's just a comedy guy. He can't, and then for someone to say he can't work is just ridiculous because, like, Grado can work his ass off. He's, he's not... Obviously, he's not, like, the best technical wrestler yeah. in the world, but, like, for what he is, uh, he's really good in the ring. If there yeah, was he, ever a match a- to dispel that, that would be the match with with Drew Galloway because it it was like I would say legitimately north of of four stars, um, mm-hmm. which you don't normally expect that kind of work rate from from Grado. But that that was him showing that he can bring that that emotional uh, connection to the crowd and have it translate to a really strong match. Although uh, credit as well, I mean I know we're just, talk, just talking about Grado at the moment, but Drew Galloway is terrific. And he really uh, controlled the pace of the match. Yeah, worked. Uh, you know, allowed Grado to work his comebacks in perfectly. It, it was great work from Galloway. Yeah, Galloway is uh, he's one of the best in the world, if not the. You know, he's excellent. He's and everything too. Like like I said, the whole damn time here, he, he has the mic skills, the the in ring skills, everything. He has the look. Uh, WWE fucked up so badly by dropping this dude. I don't know oh, yeah. what was going on oh, in yeah. their head, like, but whatever. Their their loss is our gain, and he did so much for ICW. And then this heel turn, he did it so perfectly. I love, <coughs> I love him. I love heel Drew. It's amazing. Yeah, he was such a good foil for Grado. Yeah. With his WWE run, it's like he always seemed kind of bland there. Uh, maybe he went. Too soon, possibly. He might have gone when he was too young. Maybe. The um, problem was they, they pushed him too early, and then he got better, but they had lost interest in him by the time he got better. <laughs> yeah, I feel like when like someone gets pushed His entrance early, theme was amazing. The, the thing is, like, oh yeah, we, we pushed him too early, people were like, let's just make him a comedy act. Like, I don't know what's their problem with that, like, it's so dumb. I think if, uh, if they were to come calling again, Based on what he's been doing, I mean, he's ready to go again oh, and to really absolutely. make a go of it, like a proper go of it. You can title on Drew Galloway this instant, right now. And I would, nobody would even like be like, oh, you know, that's a bad idea. Like, this, that would be excellent for me right now. I mean, they're shorter guys at the moment to, to <laughs> be dropping like flies in the uh, Titan. So, um, yeah, maybe you'll get the call. Yeah, maybe, you know, uh, I, I don't see like how can they can do watching him. ICW anywhere right now, and it's like you know what? It's uh, a good thing we dropped them. Like somebody is like smacking themselves, <laughs> like when they're watching Drew all the time. Like come on. Yeah, we we got rid of him and we kept Heath yeah, Slater. Exactly. Thank God for Heath. Like, 
please. But yeah, uh, I love this match. I really do. It's uh, it's not just like a match that just you just love because it's a good match. But you just you just get these feelings when you watch this and when you win great old wins and like it's it's like yeah. some, it's one of those things yeah, that give you me chills. love wrestling for. Like that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Excellent. I know. Uh, in general, like for the, for the the undercard, I thought possibly didn't have another match that was like a real blow away amazing match. But the main event was knocked it out of the park. It really was a, a terrific, fa- a, a terrific match. Yeah, definitely, and like this was Grado's best performance, I think. Like, oh, ever, yeah. oh, I definitely. And the emotion that he wrestled with, and just like the energy, it was fantastic. Yeah, this was definitely his best yeah. for me, uh, and even his second best was. Against Drew, like I said, at that at that tour show, I forgot where where that show was, but like I said, you got to find that on YouTube. And like, it was this is what really opened my eyes to Grado. Like I loved him before because you know he was he was funny and you, it's easy to love a guy like that. And then like once I saw his match with Drew, I was like, yeah, Grado is like he's legit, and it's it's stupid for anybody to say he's not. Um. So. Overall thoughts about the show? I mean, it's definite thumbs up, I would say. Yeah, everyone should definitely go out and see it. Like, it's the biggest show ever. It's the biggest show in Britain in three decades or something. And, like, the match quality may be not as high as something in, like, progress. And certainly coming in, like, not knowing a huge amount about the backstory, like, you can get lost at times. But there's a lot of like really different matches here, and like all of them offered something, and definitely a lot of the like homegrown ICW guys are really really impressed here. And so if it's you've never seen them before, like you could have a new favorite in Joe Hendry or Joe Kofi or Big Demo, um, just from watching this one show, and like you can go out and see more of it afterward. Yeah, like uh. It's a it's a little hard for this to be like an introductory show sometimes with like a like we said like with some of the run-ins and stuff like that. But like for it to be introduced to certain wrestlers that are like the staple of ICW, this is kind of perfect because like you see Mikey Whiplash or like not not fully what he is because Mikey Whiplash is like one of the most versatile wrestlers. But you see like how like he's willing to just fucking die for wrestling and stuff like that. And you see Joe Coffey for the strong man that he is, and everybody like you know. Grado for it. He's, he's good. He's fun and all. It's like it's just to get to know all these ICW guys. This is definitely a show that you should definitely watch. I think uh, in terms of promotion, I mean, I, I've now got it on demand, and I'm going to keep it there because I kind of want to keep tabs on on what they're doing. Um, I think it's going to go into the rotation, and like I said before, I don't have a lot of time to watch wrestling, but I will make time. Uh, to follow this promotion because I think the next year of ICW could be something really, really special. Mm. Yeah. Do you guys think that they'll be able to pop a big number at um, the Hydro? I think they're going to sell out. I'll just call it right now. I think they're going to sell it out. Oh, wow. They that very well could. Big, big number. That'd be what? 10,000? It'd be probably 11, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm considering I'm, going. I'm actually considering making the trip from America to, to go to the Hydro. <laughs> I mean, obviously. Well, there you go. Ollie, you come in as well? Yeah, I'm in. We'll take a podcast trip. (laughs) 
and we're gonna to have to take ourselves a road trip next year then like i say the, the, this is the time i think to get on board um we've, we've been uh selling the the virtues of, of progress and of uh rev pro uh since we started doing the the brit rest uh, round table um but icw is one that we've we've kind of been leaving alone because it's it, we don't want to overly complicate things we're talking about too many promotions but if they can't be ignored no, cannot ignore this like that means like a monster now and like in the uk and like <laughs> i'll even go as far as to say they pro- they are the biggest indie in in the world like because there's no one else drawing four thousand. so <laughs> grado is the biggest rule outside of the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really when you think about it he kind of is that's insane there's only a couple of Japanese promotions that are drawing more fans than that. You've got New Japan, Dragon Gate, um, the odd big show from the others, and and that's it really. Yeah. Random so, thought uh, yeah. when random thought when you said Dragon Gate, I want to see Grado versus Yamato. Oh, I would love that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah. So uh, that's uh, ICW Fear and Loathing Eight. Uh, sorted out, talked about. Um, we have a little bit of extra time, so we're going to um, dip into uh, Progress uh, Chapter 23. Uh, we've kind of talked about um, the majority of the matches on that card. Did uh, Osprey Andrews, um, Skull, and Champa, and what else was on that card? I'll leave my brains completely. Well, the the freeway MPS match and. And now the three-way tag team championship match they've added. Yeah, that's that's new one that's been added because we were talking about the um, Sumerian Death Squad and who they might face on that show, and we kind of talked about them facing the Origin, which we thought was most likely. Um, but we've been thrown a bit of a curveball, and it's uh, uh, the Death Squad against Origin, Ligero and Nathan Cruz, and they're wrestling the London Brights, which we kind of thought was going to be saved for a later show. Um, so what do you think about that? Oh, that's a pretty tremendous match. It's going to be a lot of people beating the shit out of each other. It's going to be great. Um, I'm trying to think of who I would think is going to win. I don't know. I want Samaria Death Squad to have the titles for a while, but I have a feeling that yeah. Origin is going to come out of this chapter just looking excellent, maybe with the tag titles and maybe with the National Crescent um, Trophy. Who knows? So you're thinking they might uh, steal one here to set up uh, like Death Squad against Riots and like a like a babyface feud where the, the belts weren't involved, possibly to give the the division a yeah, bit more strength. Yeah, it, it definitely it's definitely needed right now. Yeah, don't, don't get me wrong. The, uh, the the Death Squad has been a lot of fun as champions, but. You know how many more challenges can you keep finding for yeah. them? These are really the only three teams they have right now. They're all very good teams, but um, there's a bit of a lack of depth right now. It's really awesome, but it could all kind of bottom out, and they, if they don't bring in a couple more teams, we spoke about this on the last podcast, saying uh, now that Mark Andrews is back in the UK for a bit, they could uh, bring around um, FSU. I love FSU. I love Eddie Dennis, man, because he's just, uh, he's just this, like, he's <laughs> another guy that's like, he's a goofball, but he can be serious too, and he's so tall, and yeah, he's, he's really good. <laughs> really fucking good. That, that's how Vince McMahon books yeah. people, you know? <laughs> tall. Uh, he's tall. Strong. I'll take him. Hire him. him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
right. <laughs> and anytime I see anyone tall on the indies, I'm like, oh, I bet Vince has got yeah. one. <laughs> you're like six four over you. You definitely have an eye on, on you. Well, I was talking to Rob about gimmick tights, and like my gimmick height is six four. So uh, I don't know. I'm too old. My knees are shot. I no chance. Right. You go to uh, all Japan and work a sleazy veteran run. <laughs> yeah, you do a bunch of food slams. Yeah, I could, I could get scoop slammed a lot by uh, <laughs> by Fuchi, because I've remembered his name. Um, and speaking oh, of tangents, Eddie Dennis... Tangents everywhere. Speaking of Eddie Dennis, they're adding two pre-show matches to Chapter 23, but they're recording for an as-yet-unknown reason. Uh, Eddie Dennis is fighting Dave Mastiff, Dave I believe. Mastiff, the bastard. And uh, Sweet Jesus, uh, Pastor William Eva, and Chuck Mambo are taking on the dazzling team of Daryl Allen and default Earl Black Jr. in his progress uh, chapter debut. I think you've seen those guys on the uh, yeah. Never shows. Yeah. yeah. Daryl is um, like the head trainer at the Projo. So he's an excellent trainer because uh, as you see, the the Progress Projo is just, they're continuously like just cranking out stars and stuff like that, like Ever, the Geezers, everything like that. Yeah. Pro- Progress is probably one of the better, like, training schools in the UK. I think it's kind of astonishing that they're not just having guys come out of there that are good. They're coming out as, like, completely finished articles. They're coming out with a gimmick. Uh, they're coming out with a look, and they've got the all of the, the, the style uh, necessary for their character, and it all seems to be embedded. I don't know what they're doing down there, but I mean, it's, mm, it's yeah. phenomenal work. They've got something special with. Oh my either. god, that dude is a star! <laughs> like, it's impossible to say he's not a star. Like, some, somebody that makes this that, that has limit limitless yes. potential. That gimmick, he just keeps getting better and better every time I see him in the ring. So, like, yeah, William Eber is like the guy to look out for if you if anybody has ever heard of him right now. Uh, some of his stuff is on YouTube, but it's it's from a while ago, as, as far as I can tell, and like it's not as good as he is now. Um, so it might be interesting to watch one of those matches, and then just go and get progress on demand because it's worth it, and Definitely. watch like some of his stuff recently, like the the match with Tyler Bate, for example, at the the last progress show. Uh, I'd say his match with Tyler Bate, his match with. Zack Sabre Jr. and his match with Noah Dar are definitely three matches that you have to watch. Yeah, and his Sweet Jesus tag team with Chuck Mambo is a bit of an underrated yes. one. Like, I kind of just, I ignore them. I ignore them a little bit at my own peril, and then they faced the death squad and, like, tore the house down, so. <laughs> yeah, I love Chuck, too, because, like, I like him. I always describe his gimmick as, like, a Bailey mixed with RVD. So, like, I, I really like <laughs> Bailey VD. <laughs> Uh, I get the feeling we there was another match as well, wasn't it? Uh, Flash Morgan Webster and Zach Gibson. Yeah. Oh yes, of course. The, so that wasn't uh, named until quite recently. I yeah, don't think the Natural Progression series rematch. I believe it's for the trophy and title shot as yeah. well. So they're kind of reneeing on Flash Morgan Webster here because it seems almost definite that Zach Gibson is gonna take that away from him. Like Gibson is more of the complete article right now, and could put he's I'd say he would be a legit main event against Osprey, whereas I wouldn't really see uh Osprey versus Webster having that same kind of impact. Yeah. 
I'm honestly not that keen on either of them. Um, I just, like, having said that, like they're, they're having guys coming through that look the part and uh, and are, are great already. And those those are two guys that I'm not that keen on. It might just be personal preference. I mean, I've said uh, Zach Gibson. I don't particularly like. Um, it's because he's a Liverpool fan, isn't it? Because he's a Liverpool <laughs> supporter. Um, but you know, I, I I don't feel that he's like at a main event level yet. I'm definitely behind him. Like everything I've seen from him is tremendous. I think he's got the wrestling ability. I think he's got the character down. Like I don't think he's like a main eventer yet, but I think he could be put into that slot um, potentially as soon as chapter twenty four if they want a northerner in the north main event. Yeah, I. It's in Manchester, isn't it? So he'd be a strong heel. Uh, yeah, yeah. I I love Gibson too because like his character is really good and uh, like I said, I'm a huge technical wrestling mark and he is an excellent te- technical wrestler. Like if you haven't seen his match against like Zack Sabre Jr. in the Super Strong Style tournament, I highly suggest yeah. that because that was just great. Even like his character work there when he was telling Zack like, oh. You know, if you're a real man, you'll stay away from my broken finger and bullshit like that. Like, <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, so that was it for uh, Progress 23. There's no other match has been named uh, to date. Uh, 24, they, uh, they've only named one match, I think, Dolly. Uh, that would be Tommaso Ciampa versus Zack Sabre Jr., kind of a dream match. Uh, they uh, match. did that one in the tournament, and Sabre Jr. came away with a victor, but... They're doing a little something with Shampa here, so that could go either way. Very much looking forward to that one. And I am going to that show uh, live uh, to check out the new venue. And uh, since Manchester is probably a little bit closer to me now than London for some reason. <laughs> uh, so jealous. I get to see that. Cause, like, the first <laughs> match of that in Shampa was amazing. And it was like, it was on Raw Turner. Yeah. It was incredible, and now I just know they're gonna top that. And, like I don't even know who's gonna win this match. And if you know me, like I'm like the biggest Zack Saber Junior mark ever. So like, yeah, like I don't even mm. know who's gonna win this match. Saberism, right? That's Saberism. <laughs> I love. I love that people are actually using this hashtag and stuff like that. Even Zack, even Zack <laughs> it was insane to me. Awesome. Um, we have yet more wrestling to discuss, though, because. Uh, Preston City Wrestling have their Super Show of Honor, the cards, cards, should I say, three of them, um, that they're running uh, in conjunction with Ring of Honor um, on the 27th, 28th, and 29th of November. Um, we're not entirely sure what the cards are. It's um, it's all been a bit random. Um, <laughs> we, we've had like matches named, but we're not really sure what um, what shows they're on and yeah, it's a bit odd. I'm I'm used to promotions releasing like cards for specific days and telling mm. me what's going on, and that's not really happened. Yeah. It is a bit odd. Um, we could run down the Ring of Honor talent coming over. Um, from their website, it's Adam Cole, Delirious, uh, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly, Red Dragon, Cedric Alexander, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, <laughs> famous <laughs> wrestler, Roderick Strong, Dalton Dalton Castle, amazing. Silas Young, uh, War Machine, so that'd be Hanson, Ray Rowe, and Jay Lethal, the champion. That's a pretty strong lineup. Yeah, and there's some amazing matches that are going on here, like Nolan Carr versus, uh, I think he's facing, is he facing Cedric Alexander one of these nights? I really uh, don't know. <laughs> I saw Dar versus Adam Cole, Dar I think. Lethal, I've seen. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 that is it. Oh, 
God, I can't wait. That is a tremendous match. I can't wait for all these matches. Cause like, I always love, because my dream is to have a UK-US Super Show like in the US. So like, I love that PCW and ROH are actually starting this over there. So hopefully one day we'll get to like do this here one day. Like, like I don't know why it's not happening. Maybe because they feel like the British wrestlers aren't like a big draw in America yet. I say that yet because yeah, more people are getting to know British wrestlers. And stuff like that, so I think yeah. uh, the Battle of Los Angeles might have changed yeah, that a little definitely. bit. Definitely, uh, I was so happy that all of my guys got to be in there. <laughs> and like they got featured incredibly strongly there, like three in the semifinals, and they got to end the show with like all of them in the ring celebrating. So. That was definitely a big, like, surge for UK wrestling. Like, a lot of those guys, maybe all of them, apart from Sabre Jr., like, no, no one in the building would have even known before, and then they come in and blow the house down. And I haven't seen those shows yet, because I, my DVDs are at my home and not my uni home. Um, but I'll get to them at Christmas, and I can't wait. Yeah, those are excellent matches. Like, like I said, they just they made it perfectly. And, like, even, like, Scarl's coming back. So, you know, obviously everyone loves them. So there's going to be a lot more, like, UK guys coming to America, hopefully in 2016. Like until, the, until we saw the booking of that tournament, it was a case of we weren't really sure what, you know, were they getting a bulk discount by booking that many British guys. We didn't know how far they were going to get into the tournament or what plans they had for them. Um, but to see how, how well, like, Skull and Osprey especially did, um, was was really pleasing because we're kind of stuck in a little uh, insular Brit rest bubble and we can't really tell how mm. well regarded our guys are elsewhere. Very highly. We just know how well they're regarded over oh, here. God, you guys, the the UK guys are well here, and I I am the one to make it my mission that they are because yeah, <laughs> like I said, just a ridiculous amount of talent in such a small space, and uh, you, you just can't deny that these guys are like at, either as good or better than um, Americans, you know, so, hey, whatever. Oh, good wrestling is, is good wrestling, exactly. always has been, so uh, I always watch what's good. I'm not really one of these guys who's like a um, big into one promotion because it's that's the promotion with the, with mm. the that's the promotion I, I support. I, I just watch whatever's good, so um, I get the chance to see a lot of yeah, different stuff. I have... And there's a lot of good yeah, stuff right now. There's <laughs> plenty of choice at the moment, yeah. For an, anyone moaning about the WWE, just oh, there's, there's just so many different promotions out there that are doing just a, a wide array of awesome stuff. Yeah. Um, I had this, this um, run not so long ago where I watched like Bowler, Progress, um, and then, uh, like a New Japan show, uh, Dragon Gate, uh, ICW, and it was like every single show was completely awesome, like from top to bottom. And you're just not getting that in the in the WWE. Yeah, so. I always say like if you're tired of WWE, and you know, like we were just talking about ICW, uh, save three dollars, man. ICW is like six dollars here in America. <laughs> so, so yeah, so like just save three dollars and sign up to ICW or save. Even a dollar or two when you go to progress or something like that. Because, yeah, I hate when people are, oh, wrestling's down, stuff like that. No. WWE is down, and WWE is not wrestling as a whole. Because indie wrestling is, like, to me, like, getting close to being bigger than ever. 
I think it's just, I mean, like we were discussing before we, we started this, the on-demand, the, the whole global uh, internet sharing thing that we have going on means it doesn't matter where you are, you can follow the promotion that you, you want to follow. And um, we, we've... Ugh. It's going back to the days of tape trading, it was like, you know, I'd, I tried to follow all Japan and I'd be getting like tapes that had like seven matches from an entire tour on and, and that was all I would see and it'd be like six months after it had happened. And <laughs> now it's, you watch the show live, we started complaining because progress was slow uploading <laughs> the show. It was like three days after it, it had actually happened. And it's that's... The, the world that we're now living in is it is fantastic yeah and like even like even just not even just for the fans you know the on-demand service makes it to me easier for like promoters to look at talent to look at you know and stuff like that like um like we just talked about pcw uh, chris dickinson from over here he's coming to pcw soon in which uh that's a pretty big opportunity in my eyes because you know I, he's one of the guys that come to uh, beyond wrestling where i'm there like every month so like that's like someone I would count as like my guy. So like to, for now, like for him to be going to the UK and like it's it's I love it. Like like we have like this talent exchange now. Like I just it's just excellent. It's it's great to have guys where you've followed them from the the really shitty small social clubs, and mm. then they make it. I just there's nothing more uh, satisfying oh, than music, that. Man. Because, like, Ben was, like, the guy at Beyond. He was, like, our ace. So, like, for me, like, it's been a whole year that I've been watching this man wrestle and stuff like that. So, like, for his last show before he went to WWE, it was, like, just this emotional moment. It was, it's, like, crazy. The thing, like, you get, like, so connected to these guys just, just because you watch them wrestle, you know? Yeah, I'm getting that with um, the two 18-year-old prodigies of British wrestling right now, Tyler Bate and Dan Maloney. Like, I kind of taking them as my guys, especially since they're oh. younger than me, which is just ridiculous. And, like, when Tyler Bate went to Progress on the last show, I think, um, just seeing his emotion at being on that big stage was, yeah. Seeing that his emotion, like, yeah, I'm fully behind him. I want him to go as far as, like, he can go, which is pretty damn far. And if they ever do, like, leave the WWE, then that would probably be pretty emotional for me. Like, I'm speculating into the future now but yeah i'm well, f- f- firmly behind both of those guys i have got that with the uh, with neville because uh, i mean literally um i i've watched him wrestle in in front of 30 people um i once paid him uh, to wrestle in front of about 30 people <laughs> um so to to see him go from there where he was he, i mean he was just by far and away the best wrestler on on any show i ever saw him on in the uk um, to see him go from there to the WWE is just mind blowing, really. But um, the difference now is, I think the standard has actually come up uh, considerably in the UK, where you don't have guys on shows where you, you're looking at them and thinking, "Nah, they're not really ready. They don't really belong." I yeah, think even in on... even in the social clubs, like the quality, I think, is higher. There aren't people who make you cringe, yeah. <laughs> whereas there would have been a few years ago. Now it's like, well, even if the guys aren't brilliant, they're still like capable at a, le- at a level where they're presentable and enjoyable. So yeah, that's 
that's wrestling. It's really yeah, good. Wrestling. Wrestling is <laughs> <amazing>. Now. <laughs> okay, I think that's going to do it for uh, the Brit Rest Roundtable number seven. Um, any plugs you want to make before we head out? Yeah, Mark? Uh, on Twitter, you guys can find me uh, at Ansonisan, which is A-N-S-O-N-I-I-S-A-N. Uh, my writing is on runningandzagiri.com. If you're a normal person that doesn't know how to spell Zagiri, E-N-Z-U-I-G-I-R-I, runningandzagiri.com. Uh, I do my other po- like I do a show much like this. I cover British wrestling called Catch Cast on PWN Radio. So at PWN Radio on Twitter, and uh, I have another I have another podcast too, which is the best podcast ever on Enzagiri Network, which is uh, on SoundCloud.com slash the Enzagiri Network. So yeah, uh, I do a lot of stuff. <laughs> awesome! Uh, I've always had great difficulty spelling Enzagiri, yeah. but back in the day, there was never like a d- defined way to spell it. And I, if you look at my really old reviews, if you can if you can find any. Uh, yeah, and autocorrect does not fix it for you, so I always, I always just spell it out for everyone. Okay, Ollie, you got anything to plug? Um, well, you can find my reviews of progress shows on VoicesOfWrestling.com. Um, the article which I wrote for the Tag Rope, uh, which is now out, you know, issue six about Tetsuya Naito, and like fantastic presentation in of that magazine, just like. It, it's like an event when you get it and it's like, oh my god, I'm going to get like an afternoon off and just sit down and read all this stuff and look at the pretty pictures and like the other writers are fantastic. they got a great team. Yeah. Um, I, and I'm very I, I love the tag rope. I actually got a chance to interview Ryan who runs, who's like the editor and like he's a great guy. Oh yeah, awesome. Yeah, like, it's, an, it's a fantastic magazine. Tag rope, calling spots. I'm glad that wrestling magazines are back. Yeah, I'm proud to be. A little yeah, part of it. yeah, it's amazing, right? You can see like you're writing in a in a magazine, like that's it's, it's wild. <laughs> it was it, yeah, it was a bit of a brag moment for me. I'm like, yeah, my name is like Publish. in a magazine, <laughs> just author. <saying. laughs> yeah. yeah, official. Um, I'm gonna plug the uh, the history of wrestling website because I never do and I always forget. Uh, it's <laughs> historyofwrestling.weebly.com. Um, that's got links for all the the books that we've done and uh, like a bunch of live reviews from this year. Um, I'm gonna plug that because I, I haven't before and there's books coming out, including uh, Big Arn's Pure Arrested Adventures Second Navigation coming on the first of December. And you can follow me at Arnold Furious on Twitter, should you wish to. Of course they do. <laughs> uh, well, uh, 254 people can't be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. So uh, we're going to hand over to uh, Rob, who's going to possibly do a sign-off, or he might not. He might just put the music on the end here, and, uh, and that'll be the end of that. And uh, we'll see you uh, for episode eight. Good evening. Bye. Here it comes again. Lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? 
Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only. Plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery.